we have new theme music. Yay! It's about time. Oh. All right, new theme music. Uh, thank you to our friend Michael Roche and his band Zombies on Vacation. Michael has written for the blog. So we want to thank him for uh, contributing music so we don't have to listen to that horrible, horrible <laughs> music. I don't even... The no-name license-free music, so... Uh, yeah, that, that, that stuff needs to be stopped. <laughs> it's like an epidemic. It, it stopped. We have new theme music. Yay. So, um, welcome back. Thank you for coming back to the My Music, My Concerts, My Life podcast, the music blog that changes lives one band at a time. My name is Fran Chismar, the founder of My Music, My Concerts, My Life, and as always, I will be your host. Um, when I started the blog, I never imagined I would have to say the name of it over and over you know yeah. you know can we like I guess it's too late to change a name but like it's got to be shortened like I don't want to have to say this MMCML. how about how about the my 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 podcast there you go my 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 my, my. Or there just you go. pizza and music <laughs> the pizza music so I, that has to be taken so I'm sure um <laughs> uh so it's the return of Janet Yay, look out. Yeah, well, welcome, welcome Sequels back. never as good as the original. <laughs> or Janet's Revenge. <laughs> the Revenge of Janet. Janet Strikes Back. Uh, so, <laughs> Janet Strikes Back. I like that. So, uh, our listeners gave us great feedback and said that they liked our chemistry, or um, <laughs> which loosely tra translates to they like how we disagree exactly. about everything and yeah, argue about other. everything. So... <laughs> Hence the pizza to calm the monster. Yeah. So we've had our, our pizza fix. Am I the monster in this? <laughs> you are. Oh, You're the monster at the end of the podcast. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, you know, and again, uh, I want to thank everyone for the feedback. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and, and you don't have to, and you don't have to give feedback, but we did get really good feedback. Um, what would be helpful is if you could rate us or leave us reviews. So if you're listening on Podbean, Please uh, like the podcast, review the podcasts. Uh, you can leave comments on each one or just do an overall review. If you're on iTunes, uh, please give us a five star uh, and leave a review. Uh, that just helps us uh, target a larger audience, and that's what it's all about. So, um, so Janet is back, and partly so we can follow up on our first podcast because I think we need to revisit some of the things that that we so talked many about unanswered questions <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing uh, which isn't a revisit but with what's new and what's going on is i am now writing for an internet radio station so i99 music radio uh has allowed me to start writing for them and uh, i'm really excited about that their internet radio station based out of philadelphia uh you can listen to them on www.i99radio.com and it's a nice mix of alternative music, and it's commercial-free. And the radio is really key there, because if you just look up I-99, you're going to get stuff about a highway. So. <laughs> and there's like an I-99 in, like, uh, Columbia. Okay. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's you don't always get radio stations in this country either. Yeah, so. that's true. So I think I-99radio.com, if you go there... Uh, eventually you'll see uh, one of my reviews. So I'm excited about that. So what what sparked wanting to do another podcast with you besides the feedback is the follow-up on a couple things that we talked about. 
because the the awesome thing about music is you can change your mind. Like you can have one opinion and something could happen to change your opinion. I still don't like the Harry Styles album. Oh, so it is. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it is so awesome. You'll like it one day. You're gonna come no. to me and say, oh, "You know what? I hate to admit this, but you were right." No, I yeah. don't. You know, I'm gonna start this dialogue off. I hate to admit this, but you were right about Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so many diabolical laughs to so insert right I now. wish that I could like play back and maybe I can edit it in where I play back my initial conversation that you and I had about Riverdale uh-huh. insert here and it I basically said I hate you for making me yeah. even realize that it existed uh-huh yeah yeah but to steal one of your phrases my 18 year old self <laughs> loves riverdale i can't get enough of this fucking show luke perry molly ringwald like teenage yeah. drama death like and awesome music awesome seriously awesome awesome uh music being played i actually kind of like some of the soundtrack music now like mm-hmm. the josie and the pussycats yeah and Once you've seen it in in the context of of the plotline and the visuals and everything else, it's not as it makes sense. Corny. It, I agree. You know? I agree. So, I, I I just wanted to go on the record and admit that I can't get enough of this. So I been binge watched it, and now I'm <laughs> caught up. I'm I'm ready for season two, which is starting this week. And yeah, it's a mix of Twin Peaks and Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yeah. And, and there's said, cast members from both. And you're going to hate yourself for it. The imagery. I don't hate myself. I would wear a Riverdale shirt. Wow. I'm getting one. Okay. I would get a jean jacket and get a Riverdale patch and sew it on the back. You can get iron-on ones. They're a lot easier to deal with. No, I want, like, the real deal. But I want, like, the woods Use and Sweetwater Lake with the neon Riverdale, like... Wow, you thought this through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. (laughs) I'm all in. (laughs) So, now, when when you're on the fence on whether or not to tell me how much you like Harry Styles when that moment comes... I'm never going to have that problem. (laughs) I'm I'm really confident in this. Yeah. I'm confident that you're going to come around. No. Mm -mm. So... All right, so I just can't envision this. Like I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, maybe I'll have a lobotomy. And still, I don't think I'm gonna like it. You're gonna like Harry Styles. Maybe I'll have dementia one day. <laughs> I still don't think I'm gonna like it. Oh, it's gonna happen. It's happening. Maybe one of those brain-eating amoebas will swim up my nasal cavity and start chewing on my brain. I still don't think I'm gonna like it. You know how we talked about the government using skinny puppy music as torture. Yes. That's going to be your torture. Oh, I'm going to make yeah. sure you're yeah. locked in a room yeah. listening oh, yeah. to Harry Styles. And eventually in, you'll get like Stockholm Syndrome. Seriously? And you'll, yeah. In the Sartrean sense, <laughs> Harry Styles is going to be my help. <laughs> I hope so. It's not going to be other people. It's going to be the musical stylings of Harry Styles. If there is a God. <laughs> if there is a God, that will happen. I'm just saying. Let's hope then that there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the follow-up, one of the albums that we, we reviewed on our first podcast was Foster the People, um, Lonely Hearts Club. Mm-hmm. And 
I was saying that I liked the first three or four songs. I thought they were strong. And then after that, it kind of lost me and it wasn't as strong. And I thought it kind of changed. But where you liked the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all I liked the, way the shift. You know, yeah. I, it definitely did have, it was almost like a, like a part one and a part two. And I was okay with that. And I wasn't. But since then, I had one ticket to see Foster the People at the Fillmore Philadelphia. And had got up really close. I was probably like three or four people from the, the thing. And hearing the music track differently, which you said maybe I would like it if it were tracked differently, mm-hmm. hearing it tracked differently made all the difference. It really did. And mixing it in with his earlier stuff, actually by the time he got to Pumped Up Kicks, it, like Pumped Up Kicks, like the band members were rolling their eyes while mm-hmm. playing it and it sounded so childish and corny yeah. compared to, because um, he followed up that with Loyal Like Sid and Nancy. And that's what he ended the show with before um, the encore. And it was phenomenal. I'm like, I want more of that. I don't want pumped up kicks. Yeah. But like he mixed in like Helena B with with some of the new stuff. And it was just, it was a great show. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. But my one commentary is Mark Foster has Crazy Eye. And you've known me for a long time. I know Crazy Eye. (laughs) I've dated. On numerous occasions, I think I am the foremost authority on... Oh, I shouldn't say that. I don't see it until after I'm dating it. I don't recognize it ahead of time. Yeah. I recognize it after. But he's got crazy eye. And, and you it, haven't well, dated him, so you're getting better. And I haven't dated him, which is, yes, I'm improving. Your, your crazy eye radar is, is getting up. Maybe because he's a guy, that and maybe be. that's why. That so be. maybe it, it filters differently between men and women. But... At one point, he was standing on the edge of the stage, and I swear we made eye contact, and it was creepy eye contact, and I couldn't tell, like, he was either going to jump off the stage and kiss me, or he was going to jump off the stage and kill me, and I got really creeped out, and then he smiled and kind of chuckled, and I'm like, oh my god, he's going to kiss and then kill me. Like, it was like he had that look, like, yeah, I just read your mind. I know what you're oh, thinking. We're going to make that happen. You're never going to see them again, are you? I don't think I am. I can't get past the crazy guy. I can't get past it. But it was such a good show. Like, And musically, it, they put on a great, great performance. And I have a much greater respect for the new album. I liked it. I gave it a positive review. But I like it much better now, mm-hmm. um, having seen it live. That happens for me a lot. I kind of felt that way about... Um, the new Politics Viking album. Okay. I didn't love it when I first listened to it. But then when you see them live and you see how much fun they're having and how the audience is connecting with it, and again, it can be something just as simple as the way the tracks are laid out. But, you know, I found that I I had a much higher tolerance for the songs that I didn't really care for all that much after having seen them done live. Maybe you need to see Harry Styles live. No, I certainly do not need ever to see Harry Styles. <laughs> Listen, I've seen much worse live. I'm sure there's a show that you look at and you're like, "Why on earth did I ever go see that?" There's got to be one. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Dragons. <laughs> all right, all right, we we're moving on. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> one of the I existential crisis. Why am I here? What is Listen, my purpose? I've had two really good experiences. You had one Run crappy experience. <laughs> So, and, and I'm going to have a third one. I'm going to see him again. So yeah. hopefully third time is a charm. 
Uh, but one well, of the you've already had two good experiences. I want three. Well, maybe you'll, maybe your third one will be bad. That's what I'm. I, but I would still I'm be. I'm hoping he's super depressed. I'd still again. be batting six hundred. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with. It. Eventually, everyone has an off night. Yeah. Yeah. So not everyone puts on a great show ben every show. Spin doctors. They were oh another one, and I loved Pocket Full of Kryptonite, and I couldn't wait to see them live. And I saw them at one of those. I think it was like the. Was maybe, it a fair? It was like a you know like the summer festival or something like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. fifty bands. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and um. And I was so excited to see them, and then they sucked really bad. And then I saw them on the Spin Gin Crack Tour with the Gin Blossoms and Cracker. And the Gin Blossoms and Cracker were fantastic. And the Spin Doctors sucked again. I'm and, not surprised. And when they left at the end of their set, everyone started leaving. <laughs> and they came, literally came running out running out onto the stage and he says okay well here's one that might stop you from running to your car are you serious <laughs> <laughs> it was so great oh uh, <laughs> we're like no you were terrible come on, their follow-up to that was cleopatra's favorite cat where they actually scat it oh didn't you ever hear that i don't think i i don't think i, I ever heard I don't anything think any, beyond that i don't think anyone heard it well they had two hits off of that album but then I heard that he had a problem with like his vocal cords, and they don't work. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like I think he needed to have surgery, and there was all. And so then, like I felt really bad that they sucked, but they still sucked. And I, I don't know that I would, because it just the charm of the album didn't translate into the show at all. It was I'm not just, surprised. Yeah, they're a bunch of dirty hippies. Okay. Don't don't you get that impression? Don't you? I didn't think much about it with the song, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I didn't really pay much attention to them. I mean, you know, I wasn't looking for them on MTV, and YouTube wasn't a thing yet, so I don't know how much exposure I actually had to what they looked like. I just really liked the music. Loved I pictured Jimmy them Olsen's all music. driving around in a van. Which is probably quite Smoking accurate. pot. Which is fine. I've done that. You know, but I think they lived it. I just did it occasionally. I hope it was the mystery machine. You know what? That would make them a little bit better or cooler <laughs> in my book. I'm not saying I didn't like Pocketful of Kryptonite or Jimmy Olsen Blues. I'm not saying that. I yeah. I did back in the day. I I liked those. So, um, but one to change the subject. One of the things I wanted to follow up with you on is when we reviewed Manchester Orchestra. I was saying how the new album for me was so much different than the album I fell in love with. And I wanted you to, and you really liked the new album, but I wanted you to go back and listen to "Mean Everything to Nothing." Yeah, and you did. I did, and I, which I, I'm impressed. You I, actually listened to it. I want to thank you for ruining the other <laughs> album for me. So fuck you very much. Because <laughs> because that was a different band. It really is, and I love "Mean Everything to Nothing" much more than I yeah. like the new. Yeah. And yeah. it's the new the new Manchester Orchestra is like bad books. It's a continuation. It's like oh, I'm gonna do this a little more orchestrated, but like "Mean Everything to Nothing" is gritty. Mm -hmm. It's it's more emotional. Like you have um, "Shake It Out" to "I Can Feel a Hot One." Like it's it's much more of an emotional roller coaster, and it's it's filled with a little more aggression. Oh yeah, and and it's but it's also got like I hate to use the word spunk, but like yeah. I can't think of another word. Yeah. You know, like it just it has more attitude. 
it, it has more um, of an almost um, like you know can't settle down sort of feeling yeah you know what I mean yeah. like it's 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 barely containable you know you're almost expecting the music to just kind of explode like because they're screaming or, lyrics yeah. they're like yeah. you could see live like I would imagine them exploding and the new one is chillaxable it's kind of like yeah like very like yeah. laid back and it, it's like two different bands yeah and it's not what bands. I want from them they did this really good and then they changed and I'm not saying the new albums you liked it if yeah. you didn't know the past stuff and no, that was right. my issue like having the first experience of like I don't really and I'm finding that a lot lately that it's not what I want from them syndrome okay well all right, speaking of that, uh, we're going to do some album reviews. Not ten like last time. No, we're not going to overload. It's, I think it was probably too much for the listeners, and it was way too much for us because yeah. we crammed those in oh like in like just a couple days, and it yeah. was overload. So we're just going to do three. And originally we were going to do six, and we narrowed it down to three, which I think is much better. So speaking of not what I want syndrome, which I guess is the opposite of you're the one that I want syndrome from Greece. Yeah. So that joke bombed. <laughs> All right. So the first, the first, and I'll let you, I'll let you, you lead with this one. But the first album we're going to review is The Killers. Wonderful, wonderful. I learned something about myself. Which is. I don't like The Killers. No, that's not true. I like Hot Fuss, and that is it. That's the killers. And ever since, I have not found a single... I like Don't Shoot Me Santa Claus, but mostly because right. it makes me All laugh. Right. Have you listened to Sam's Town? I don't... It's not Hot Fuss. That was the second one. It's not Hot Fuss, but it's close. Like, every album takes another step like, away, yeah, and that's just, only one step removed. Like, there's nothing wrong with the new album, but it's not what I want from them. It's the first album of theirs that I liked as a whole since it's Hot Fuss. It's very mellow. Now, uh, Hot Fuss... Every and song. And I, I, I had told you that every song, Except but... Except Andy, you're a star. I was intrigued. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> Andy was not a star for me. No, no. The I was introduced to The Killers and Death Cab for Cutie from the OC, and I bought Hot <laughs> Fuss and Transatlanticism both based on hearing them on the OC. And that's what Riverdale is to me now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, without a doubt. And, like, Adam Jones, I can't get enough of him. Holy shit. Yeah, that song is phenomenal. I want there's more. There's so many great moments in that soundtrack yeah. where you're just kind of... And, and it was funny because as you're watching it and the visuals and the way that they... The way that they coincide with the music like it's just they it's like it. watching a music video that's an hour long and has a plot yeah, yeah. <laughs> and commercial we're gonna breaks. keep going back to riverdale i'm just warning you but for <laughs> for the killer so huge fan of hot fuss sam's town was a disappointment for me when i first heard it but now that we're a few more albums away from hot fuss i go back and appreciate it because it's as close as you're going to get to hot fuss and it has its moments. You think this album is as close as you're going to get to Hot No, Fuss? no, oh. Sam's Town. Oh, Sam, okay, go ahead. I think this album is completely polar opposite of Hot Fuss, but I like it. But my, like, I thought Wonderful Wonderful was a great lead-in track, great mm -hmm. opening track. Um, and I like the song Rut. I hate the man. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't stand that. And that song doesn't fit on the album. That song, there's nothing else like that song on no, the album. No, there really isn't. But to me, even though I liked it, it's not like a Killers album. The, the instrumentation yeah. is so stark, it's like a Brain of Flowers solo album. And he even said that if it didn't work out, he was just going to make it a solo album because right. there's no commitment to the band, which is depressing. I think there's there's a musical divide in the band with the direction they want to go. And I just want... I hope one of them's direction is Hot Fuss. Because they could have just kept putting that album out over and over. And I would have been perfectly happy with that. I would have been happy with zero growth in the band as long as they kept making fun, <laughs> happy songs that I enjoyed singing. But, because when Hot Fuss came out, I listened to that album every day at 4 o'clock <laughs> in the office. Every day it went on. And I was absolutely out of my skull happy when it was on what happens is I've listened to Wonderful Wonderful three times and immediately after listening to it <laughs> I put Hot Fuss on <laughs> and then like, I'm like no. why did I do this I just wanted to hear Hot Fuss yeah. but as far as the killers go it's a listenable album to me but it's kind of like that Manchester Orchestra thing right. where it's had I never heard Hot Fuss I would have liked this album more what I think is really funny about The Killers, and of all the shows I've ever been to, I've never, ever, ever seen this happen before or since. All right. It was the Hot Fuss tour, and he announced that he was going to sing some of their new stuff. All right. And everyone in the crowd was like, uh... <laughs> like, seriously, there was this collective, it was at the Electric Factory. A collective And there groan. was this collective, uh... And he... And <laughs> He was just like, you know, we are going to do other stuff. <laughs> you know? And I feel like everyone was correct. Yeah. Yes. No, just this album. Just play this album. We will keep buying tickets if you just tour this album forever. There's got to be outtakes. There's got to be B-sides or outtakes or something that from that era... There's no way, like when they recorded that album, they didn't just have those tracks. They had to right. have had like another 10. I want those 10... I guarantee it's better than any album since then. Oh, man, I mean, and it, it just it was. It, it was just so funny. The crowd was right. Yes, no, just this album. That's all you need to do. I agree. We'll accept it. You can do a remastered version of it next year. <laughs> <laughs> Add you, an extra 10 seconds. We'll still buy it. You know what I'm listening to on the way home now. I'm going to yeah. listen. I'm listening to Hot Bus. <laughs> uh, so the second album, I'm going to lead into this one. And on the blog... Twice a year, I do a top 10. So in July, I do my top 10 singles of the year so far. And then at the end of the year, I do my top 10 albums of the year. So, and this song uh, was a single, and the album wasn't out yet, and it had made my top 10. And it was uh, Middle Fingers by Missio. So they've since put out Loner. And, um, I listened to it and then I wanted you to listen to it so we could talk about it. I know we haven't discussed it and I have no idea if you're going to like it or not, but I love this album. I love this album. And Middle Finger to me was such like a snarky, fun song. But in the in the context of the album, the album is so dark that now this song is no longer a snarky, fun song. When it's followed up with a song called I Don't Even Care About You, it's not really fun. Like, it maybe it's a little tongue in cheek, but this is a really dark album, and it's it's 
you know, and, and I, I, I wrote it down, and I know you were looking for it. The funniest line is, is KTV. It starts out saying, killing Darth Vader with my motherfucking kick drum. Which may be the best opening line to a song ever. I feel like he invented a whole other level of nerd with that line. And really, when you put it in perspective, Luke Skywalker didn't need to go mess around with Yoda in the swamp all that time. All he really needed to do was go back to the creature cantina, borrow a kick drum, and kill Darth Vader. (laughs) What would have been better if he would have taken the band 808 State? That's a whole nother level. Yeah, That's another is. level on top of that level. Yeah, many levels. I'm really glad that Missio didn't listen to you. <laughs> because you were all, don't put anything else out, this is perfect. And I did say what? that. You did. You I did, did say And you know what? The album is perfect. They didn't listen to you. And you know what? I think my favorite song is Bottom of the Deep Blue Sea. And there's like a really dark dreaminess to that song. Um, and, and, you know, but it, even though it's dark, there's like dubstep beats. There's rap. There's a like, lot. There's oh, a lot. Everybody gets hot. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's guest rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes dubstep. It's electronic. It's all over the place, but it's got a similar feel to it. The other funny thing about this band is I feel like he doesn't open his mouth very much to sing. <laughs> like, do you get that? I think like, everything is just kind of like, okay, I'm talking like this. Because I just am too lazy to actually open my mouth. And and without doing that, then he can draw everything out. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely... It, I, mean, it, I it's am a, not a model. Middle fingers in the air. Yeah, there, ooh, yeah he's mumbling. Yeah, like, he's he's mumbling. This is total mumble He's rock. doing it through his teeth. It's mumble, <laughs> like, electronic rock. <laughs> And I'm, I'm in. You liked it though. <laughs> I like I was it. waiting to hear what you yeah, thought about it because no, I really liked it. I when you hear the first song, you're like, "Oh, this is really different." Yeah. But it's good. But then I don't. I think they're from. I think they're from Texas, which blows my mind even yeah. more. I think it's a duo. I don't even think it's like a large band. Yeah, I mean, I I thought that it was it was just it is very moody, and it and, is. and cranky. Yeah. And it's just fun. That's me. It's almost like I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) I I could have written that album. You are the (laughs) Missy Come on. How many times have you shown me something? They should have just named it Fran. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. You're their muse. (laughs) It's the Fran album. I would like Loner to be subtitled the Fran album. Yeah. Yeah. But how many things have, like, you shown me and said, did you write this? Like, can't you see me <laughs> If I were to put an album out, I think it would be this. Yeah. yeah. Although I, mean... I would have guest rapper Ocelot. Oh! <laughs> All right, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> he needs to rename himself. No. No. Ocelots are adorable. Ocelot's pretty much he my favorite He needs to be animal. like Coach and Monkey or something. A liger. No, because you can't take from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, you can't. Not on that guy. No, it's, he does not. He's not worthy of Napoleon it's Dynamite. Pretty much my favorite animal. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> All so, right. Oh. All right. So next, I'm gonna let you lead. See, look at this. I'm letting you lead. What? I, the the third and final album review. 
is new politics lost in translation. Now, I'll, I'm going to let you lead, but I'm going to preface it by saying you're a new politics fan. Yes. Yeah. I was unaware of them until one of us, uh, I knew, like, is it? Harlem. Well, yeah, Harlem. Um, but one of us I loved. You did not. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It's, it's just funny that it's a band you love, and I finally discovered them and liked them, and you don't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll let so you. I'm you. opposite, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are. I was finally excited to talk. I'm like, oh, you love this band. You're like, yeah, I hate that song. Uh, okay. So it seems like every so often new politics comes out like and it seems to be a summer thing where you know they really just want to write a summer anthem and Uh, yeah i see that you know when they did west end kids or kids from the west end i can't remember the 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 name of it great song and by by all rights it should have been it should have been much bigger than it was like that was that was a decent song yeah um but they will they will do these you know, oh, we're really rooting for you kind of songs. And that's not what I love about New Politics. Though I do love Overcome. I think it's adorable. But, like, it's just corny. But that's them. one of us. But it's not, though. Like, oh, it, but it is. But they're not. They're not. Uh. They're like, like, I think of, you know, I don't know, like, like Goodbye Copenhagen and, and some of that, you know, some of that stuff from the Bad Girl in Harlem record yeah. and the, the, the one, you know, the, the debut record. You know, like, when you listen to Yeah, 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 like, that's nowhere even close to one of us. No, but, all right. The opposite ends of the spectrum. Here's my take on it. And them. it's just corny. Here's my take on it. Go ahead. Every album by them. New Politics wears their influences on their sleeve. There's stuff that sounds like My Chemical Romance. There's stuff that sounds like a lot of different things. And they don't hide it. And every album takes on a whole different set of influences. So I just see Lost in Translation being like the next step, like a whole nother set of influences. So you hear like Queen and things like that. And I love the different difference in instrumentation and the because di- every album is different in my opinion none of them are really the same no i mean they're taking on like a different feel for every album so why should this one be any different and i'm I, afraid they're going to go full-on boy band at some point you know but like this one all right that make this, me sad i don't think they'll do that i don't, I don't but know. the song madeline the song madeline was basically a come on eileen sing-along yeah. Like I, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, I know this song. And they wrote it's... that. They wrote that for a friend of theirs, um, apparently. Okay. Who moved away or, or something like that. So you know, and, and so it's it's sweet and it's fun. and they're adorable and it's fun music and and live they're wonderful. I mean, it's just it's just very positive energy, and you know the fa- the fans are into it and you know David Boyd is standing on his head and stuff. So that's different. <laughs> You know, I like the the music, like CIA. The opener was very '80s to me. Yeah. Like this has a very '80s feel to it, like '70s '80s feel. Yeah. Um, I loved East Coast Thriller, which is I think the last track. No. And next to last, next to last. Um. But I like it, and it's it's funny. Like you were saying, the it's only thirty five minutes. It's short and sweet. I think the new song by the Used is thirty five minutes. Yeah, I think so, you're right. That's what it felt like. <laughs> and, 
Which I like that song. I can't wait for that album to come out because that sounds nothing like the used. And I'm really digging it. But this was short and sweet. It was really upbeat. It was a lot of fun. It had a lot of good moments, and it was over. Yeah. I, I think I think this is going to be one that, you know, in time, I'll enjoy it more. Will, but you, again, it's, will you say I was right? Maybe. Will we do another I, podcast? It, You'll admit that I was right. We're closer to that than <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> That's gonna happen. I'm telling it's you. It's not gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's it's a bad album. No, it really is not a bad album. I'm good. still defending it. It's no. not bad. I don't know if the songs are okay, but the production is just so distracting. Like the weird stuff that they throw into it. I just don't like it. I'm not a fan. What happened to your musical taste? We actually used to agree on music. <laughs> what? <laughs> we would never have agreed on Harry Styles. There is not a time no, well, in my life where there, Harry Styles right. would have walked when in we were and in high school, <laughs> When we were in high school, I would have never admitted <laughs> that I like Harry Styles. There is no way I would have had the album secretly hidden like in between my mattress and yeah, box spring. It's, like, it's not like you can't, because, you know, it was either a vinyl giant, you know, yeah. vinyl... Or a cassette tape. Right, or a cassette. I mean, there's evidence then. Yeah. There's evidence. I if would you were have... an NKO TV fan, someone was going to find no, out. I, and I was not. Yeah, I was not either. I did like NSYNC. I don't know what, I don't know what music came out of which band. They're all I'm, the same band to me. I didn't like Backstreet Boys, but I, I may have learned some of the video dance moves to my, my, my. May have? May, maybe. <laughs> oh, no. All right, oh, so... No. Besides the album reviews, we got to see some more concerts uh, since the first podcast. So I wanted to talk to those. So one was um, Arcade Fire, which was kind of thrown on our laps. We were given the tickets, and uh, they were actually pretty good seats. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. my first impression when we went in was that they were playing the Wells Fargo Center, which is seats... I guess what the concert is probably like 25,000. A lot, yeah. And it was pretty empty. At first. Like, at first, but even the top, the whole top layer wasn't. And it was in the round, so. Yeah, so it couldn't have been done anywhere else. No, but that's true. But. Like, you, there's, no, there's no other venue in Philadelphia that they could put that stage with that many people on it. And no, you're have right. people fill it. It just it would never have worked. Maybe yeah. I, I don't. I've never been to the Lyre Chorus Center, but maybe that's something I mean, no, that I've never potentially. Been there but it's for the for for the people that are listening, the stage was set up as a square, almost like a boxing ring, and then with on within the stage there was a circular rotating uh, circle, and there were different levels, like steps and things, mm-hmm. and the band's six members, but it. Throughout any point of the concert, there were six to ten people on the stage yeah. with uh, backup singers and percussionists and dancers and dancers. And all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, you know, I don't know if we talked about this before, but Arcade Fire, because I know we reviewed the album, and I don't remember what we said about it. But I remember what I said. <laughs> but that the, it should have come to with, you with. A disco ball. And the concert had? Disco balls! Two disco balls! <laughs> but, I was so happy. I'm like, yes! And we walked in. I was this like, is correct. You nailed it. But a lot, Arcade Fire, to me, is Andy Kaufman-esque in their approach. And 
at least that's how I feel about it. And I think a lot of their pretentiousness is done as a joke. And you don't know if they mean it or if they don't. But you kind of... I, I didn't expect to be wowed. And I was wowed. I mean, that was... Amazing. One hell of a show. I mean, it was two hours? two Over two hours? It was long. It was a long show. Very long. They played all the hits. Every member of the band played a different instrument pretty much every song and you would get different views throughout the song they were running around the stage so and they weren't tripping over chords and bumping into each other no, it was seamless and what was the review you had read going in uh, oh it was, it was something was, like it was they're they're exuberant and emotionless emotionless it was <laughs> it, it said arcade fire i think it was by the guardian and it was like arcade fire oh no the gothamist and it said, RK Fire brings their exuberant and emotionless show to Madison Square Garden. So we read that before we went in thinking, oh, this isn't going to be great. I don't, how could you say that was emotionless? Oh my God. They were so full of emotion. And it was, it, it was maybe one of the best, con- like a top 10 concert for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. They, were they sounded phenomenal. The, the technical s- aspects of it were amazing. The I video mean, screens. The video and, screens were. And the, the disco balls and the lighting. Yeah. At one point, they played a whole song in smoke. Yeah. And they had cameramen in the smoke taking video images of them within the smoke, and you could watch on the screen, which I thought was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, but they were all over the. Like, at one point, they were playing bottles. Yeah. They, they were they, playing bottles. They were playing bottles. I mean,. And they were different levels, like being on the circle, like rotating around and changing things. And I, I can't say enough good things it about it. It was exhausting. It was exhausting. At the end, I felt like I had played the concert. <laughs> and, <laughs> totally. Which was good. And the opening act was the Preservation Jazz Band. Something, Preservation Hall Jazz Band. Something like that. And they joined Arcade Fire for, the ver- for oh, Wake Up. Yeah. And which was phenomenal, and then they turned that into a New Orleans, New Orleans funeral march, <laughs> oh, yeah. and they did like a. And he was singing "Stand by Me." Yeah, they did a jazz oh, version wow. of of "Wake Up" as they walked through the audience as a funeral march, and then yeah, they turned yeah. to "Stand by Me," and they were just walking through the audience. And there's like, the tuba going by, and it, it was just. It was badass. <laughs> you know, it and, was badass. And I didn't want to see the Preservation Hall jazz because I was like, what's up with all these bands having jazz? And when oh, no. Butler came out and even introduced me, he goes, This is a Preservation Hall jazz pan. You're fucking welcome in advance. Yeah. You yeah. know, I was like, Oh, great. Yeah, here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I really feel like my problem with jazz is I just don't like white people jazz. <laughs> <laughs> this was like. Like New Orleans, they, like oh Dixie. Oh my God, they were just so great. I mean, and, and there was so much uh, exuberance. You know what I mean? Happening. It was exuberant. And, 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 and it was, it was. you could feel how much fun they were having. They were having fun. It wasn't fun. pretentious jazz. It wasn't, oh, look at me, I'm a jazz connoisseur, and I'm <laughs> going to play music that you don't understand. There's no meaning. And, you know, uh, can, can you do the rest of the podcast in that voice? I want to do the rest of my life in that voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. I want that. I want that. Uh, so, all right. So, do you have anything you want to add to that one? No. No. Okay. It was, that was, that was just, 
the whole thing, the, everything about it was just amazing. And, and I couldn't stop looking at the screen. And I was getting annoyed because I wanted to watch the band, but I wanted to see the visuals that were on the screen because it was it was incredible. And they sounded phenomenal. Yeah. Like, yeah. To, to have the band rotate members like that and the instruments and have a, a continuity to it was very impressive to me. Yeah, they, and, they owned the Wells, Wells Fargo Center. For and sure. you weren't really that familiar, other than the new album. You realized once I, I you saw them live yeah. that you knew a lot that, of their catalog. That's, yeah, that's the thing. Is like I just don't know the names of songs. You know, like I'll hear stuff, and 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 again, I get them confused apparently with Arctic Monkeys. Um, <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> Numbers bands, they you know Blink One Eighty Two and Some Forty One and Third Eye Blind. They're all the same band for me. Yes, I know they're vastly different, sort of in their musical presentations yeah. but it's still all the same band for me uh-huh. I'm, I'm not good with names <laughs> people or bands <laughs> so the next concert we saw now i i'm sad to report that we did not see draft majesty after reviewing their album because there was a mix-up with the publicist and we didn't want to drive into philadelphia on a sunday night and then find out that we weren't getting in the there was just a mix-up in communication with the publicist. So you were nice enough as a present. You treated me to see Matt Pond, PA. Who, were you familiar with his work at all? No. Um, because I had talked about him, and mm-hmm. uh, I definitely love Matt Pond, PA. And they played Johnny Brenda's, which is an extremely small venue. On a Sunday night, it was like a 10 o'clock show. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I talk about Johnny Brenda's all the time as a venue yes, did know. i ruin it or did it at least no, it was look, great it yeah. was great it's it's a like there's a it holds 250 people but there's a balcony and yeah. at no at any point you're no more than 10 yards away it's from the stage very intimate space and it's great sound mm-hmm. and it's it's got a very cool backdrop like the stage is two stories high like the backdrop i don't know it's just got very cool intimate setting yeah yeah and 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 it's funny because I found it interesting that the opening band still managed to like not really put any energy onto the crowd. They none at and all. They sounded fine, but they they played to the floor. They just looked at the floor while they were playing, and it's like it was wild pink. Yeah, something wild like pink. that. Yeah, I mean, you know, just like I said, sound wise, you know, I, I wasn't wasn't horrified by them in any no. way. It just was a little on the boring side and. I wanted them. I wanted that. Maybe it was nerves. I, I Which don't it might know. have been. Because I, I can't imagine playing an instrument or and singing in front of you know people that are ten feet from you. No, like, and, that's got to be a little unnerving. But there were what fifty people there. It yeah, wasn't like point. it's a large crowd. Yeah, so it's yeah, but still. Um, you know, but Matt Pond has sold out much larger venues. Um, he played Underground Arts, which you have now been to, and he sold that out. Yeah, they got these big pillars, like, in the middle of the place. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. For the yeah. record, for those that don't, I tell a lot of stories, all right? The thing is, I really only have 10 stories, so I have to recycle them over and over and over. So Janet has made a new rule that if she hears the same story 10 or 15 times, it's now my story. It's, she now gets to tell it, and it's her as story. If it was, as if it happened to me. So it's yeah. only a matter of time before you have all ten of my stories, so and then I will time, be storyless. Like this one time when I interviewed the band Colars <laughs> at Underground Arts. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Back to Matt. <laughs> yeah, sorry. 
All right. So, um, and it wasn't a sold out show, and I think it's because it was ten o'clock on a Sunday night. But we got to see a great artist in a very intimate setting, and setting, and he was really into interacting with the crowd. Oh, he was fabulous. I mean, what a what a great show that was. Uh, you know, his career is, you know, over ten years long, and. Um, he played a good mix of material. He had a cello player, uh, mm -hmm. and the guitarist also played violin. Oh, and I mean, just watching him and the bassist like trying to push each other oh, off the stage, <laughs> and the way they joked around, you could mm -hmm. see that they had a really good rapport. Yeah. And one of the funniest things was when he said he hadn't been to Philly in two years, and what's been going on. And <laughs> then the crowd were like, "Yeah, you were just here in December." And then he's like, "Oh yeah," and they're like, "And then you were here in the." the month before in November and he's like oh, oh yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> it was so great and then he's just like yeah I'm doing really well <laughs> does anybody have any stickers for me yeah. or something yeah. and then he asked for someone if they had questions no no he said uh, say let, say 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 things say some, uh, things. Say, say some and, things yes and somebody started yelling a song. he's like no not song things kind things <laughs> <laughs> someone said what's your favorite color <laughs> he was just like oh we have a very benign heckler in the crowd <laughs> it was <laughs> he couldn't have scripted it better yeah. i mean he just he was just completely in the zone and he offered to sign excuse notes for anybody that didn't want to go to work the next, <laughs> the next day. day like it was it was very cool and after was... the after the show i mean he played a good hour and then after the show he said you know well i think what's funny is there's there's no true backstage to johnny Brenda's. Yeah. there's a doorway that is to a staircase and i'm sure there's like a room back there but they realized as they were leaving the stage, did they really want to do that just to come back out? So yeah. they started to walk off the stage, and then he just stopped and went, Do you mind if we play one more song? You guys just want to hear another song. Because <laughs> <laughs> the poor girl with the cello is trying to pull, you know, put the cello down, and you know she doesn't want to trip she over it. She doesn't have a stand. She doesn't want the other person to trip over it. And it's so small, and the stage is so crowded, and, and you can just see them all collectively decide, what's the point you know what let's just do this <laughs> yeah and it was awesome and then after the show they they uh offered to stay and and yeah, have a drink at the bar and yeah. yeah and hang out with everyone which we didn't stay because it was a sunday night yeah but yeah, uh night. it was a really awesome experience it's one of those ones where you're happy you got to see that particular show because it's an artist that you wouldn't necessarily get to see in a small venue like that um and johnny brendis is in a really hip part of philadelphia and it's it was just like a very cool night mm -hmm. so thank you thank Yay. you for that so the next one was so the first concert someone gave us tickets the second one you bought tickets this one i got tickets to a publicist and we got to see kmfdm <laughs> at underground arts which it has these pillars yeah <laughs> and like it you can't even put it's your like arms a around basement them. So big it's like it's a basement big. it's underground arts because it's underground so and it's there's art on the walls. and there is art on the wall so <laughs> so lots of art we got to see kmfdm were you a fan of kmfdm very casually i know a few songs really just because of like you know clubs and stuff like that because you couldn't you couldn't go to like city gardens or any of those places without and not here KMFDM and Ministry and you know yes. Front Two for Two. And so all that Janet stuff. and I are, are fans of industrial music. So you've seen Front Two Four Two, um, a couple of times, yeah. and you've seen um, 
Who else have you seen? 808 State. 808 State. Which isn't really industrial, no. but close Did enough. you see Skinny Puppy? I did not see Skinny no, Puppy. No, I've seen Ministry. Um, but, you know, that was a staple in alternative and gothic dance clubs mm-hmm. when we were teenagers. So you were going to hear Stigmata by Ministry or, you know, all that stuff. So you, you're right. Heard, and we heard... Jesus built my hot rod. We did hear Jesus, and they <laughs> and they played front two four two. Yep, yep. You don't which was awesome. Anymore. And we like uh, Nisreb, you know. Nisreb, so, yeah. mm-hmm. so, I mean, we have a history with industrial music. Um, from for some reason, KMFDM was never one of my favorites, um, but I I knew who they were yeah. and I enjoyed them and and so we go to underground arts and and as we were saying, it's it's a basement. You go down a flight of stairs and mm-hmm. it's a it's a dark basement. <laughs> I don't even know how else to describe it. It's, yeah, it's a basement. It's a basement um, with a low stage and weird poles throughout the venue. It's it's a weird venue. It's it's basically two concert areas, and whichever one they're not using, they turn the other one into like a living room. Yeah. Um. So I think it's a perfect venue. It's become a punk venue over the last couple of years because it's like a perfect setting for. It kind of reminds me of City Gardens and, um. So we got to see them, and it wasn't until we were sitting in the par- like when we pulled in the parking lot, there were already tailgaters. There were they were pre gaming, and it was like it was wow, adorable. look at their costumes. It, it was, was like adorable. Halloween, <laughs> and they weren't young. It was no, you know. So there were some younger people. Not not a whole not lot. A lot. No. So KMFDM has been around for thirty three years. They just put out their twentieth album, and. As we were sitting in the car before we went in, because there was a long line, I've never seen a line like that. Um, we realized that Nivak Ogre from Skinny Puppy was the opening act, his band Ogre, which I think we both smiled when, when we realized that. We're like, oh yes! What? We're like, yes! <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, it was a twofer. So we we got there and and there was a problem getting in with credentials, but we eventually got in. And the opening act was a rapper called Ocelot <laughs> from from uh, Texas, and Janet was not a fan. Ocelot. <laughs> no, I liked Ocelot. No, I do because he was bringing old school. He was bringing House of Pain style raps. It was terrible. It was not terrible. I was digging it. He was dumb. He was not dumb. He was awesome. No, I did not love He's him. pretty much my favorite rapper. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then Ogre came on, and uh, surprisingly, they played a very long set. They played over an hour, a little over an hour, um, and their music ranged from industrial to almost. It had hip hop beats. They wore masks. Yeah. I think the lead guitarist was wearing all black. Like his I don't eyes know were completely blacked out. Up there, but it was Halloween. They had face paint and they when, chanted "Smells like shit." Yeah, when he took off that mask to reveal the face paint, <laughs> I was like, he, "Is he gonna like rip off a rubber mask and it's really gonna be a woman under the, there?" The funny thing was, and I know you don't know this, but he had face paint like the wrestler Gold Dust. <laughs> he looked like a <laughs> he looked like a professional wrestler. And he kept doing these weird hand motions like he was spell casting. And, and oh my God, the audience was eating it up. It was so funny, like the, the performance aspect. And it's, it's like 
Like, they must have to get into character. And it's got to <laughs> be hard to do that with a straight face. Oh, I mean, I found, like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but not in the way that I thought that I would enjoy it. Like, I couldn't stop laughing at how silly it all was. It, it was, you know what, here's the thing that, all right, so it was the crowd was a walking hot topic tent. Oh god. Like yeah. if it yeah. was like hot a topic sale definitely tent, threw up in that room. It threw up in that room. But it threw up on the parents of all the kids that typically shop there. Yes. So oh, it yeah. was that that crowd was thirties to forties uh-huh. and obviously had followed the band for a long time and I don't think they had showered since the first time they heard the band because That's possible. I have never walked through a palpable veil of body odor before. So it's like, like the bog of eternal stench in it, Labyrinth. It really was. And I was, that's commitment. You don't just smell like that from one concert. Like, you're you're bringing some of that with you. Maybe they've gone nose blind. Ooh, that's true. Maybe their patchouli wore off. <gasps> Because there Which was there was some I'll I smelled some patchouli. I'll take body odor. I, I over smelled patchouli some patchouli walking by, but the crowd was the crowd was a very interesting crowd. But they were into it, but they were very respectful. It oh, wasn't yeah. like a crazy crowd. No. Like the pit didn't get wild. No. But when uh, KMFDM came out, you know, it wasn't like it's not high energy as far as they're running around the stage and doing stuff. But it's dark backlighting. Right. Um. And it's a lot of screaming and... It's music you want to smash stuff to. Like yeah. You want to take cinder blocks and just throw them on the ground. You don't want to throw them at people. You just want to watch them break. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's one of those ones where if if we were in a room and that music started playing, they said, go ahead, do damage. Yeah. All right. I'm going to be like, woohoo. Like... Yeah, you're not doing damage to, you know, Mozart's Symphony number 40 or whatever, but yeah, KMFDM and, and, yeah. and Ogre, absolutely. But what was impressive, I guess the current lineup is cl- has almost been together for about 15, 15 years probably, the current lineup, so half of their existence, and it was, they still sounded great considering how long they've been together as a band. The music... Like, it's gone through different phases. It, it's been a sampling. It's been guitars. It's, mm-hmm. like, oh, heavy yeah. buzzsaw guitars. It's been electronic. But the gist of it sounds the same. And listening to... And they only played an hour, a little over an hour, which surprised me a little bit. I thought they would play more. But um, considering their 20 albums worth of material, it's, it was all pretty consistent. Yeah. And they performed it very well. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I mean, you didn't have any lulls in energy. You didn't have any no. gaps in transitions or anything like that. It was, it was, it was a really well orchestrated and well planned out show. And it was still relevant, surprisingly. For sure, for yeah. sure. And it, 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 it just I felt happy knowing that this crowd still exists. Yeah, yeah. That collectively in one room like you typically would only see one or two people like that Mm -hmm. but there were a thousand i know (laughs) i'm smiling just i I, I know i'm envisioning the 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 guy that was doing his weird 
the midget from Twin Peaks yes, doing, doing his danger his dancing, dance. you know, and and he cleared himself a space like no one was going near his buffer zone. No, it was it was uh, people just said do your thing, buddy. He was all of four ten, yeah. and. I think his beard was longer than his height, probably. He was summoning something. Something. Like, it was... But he needed a whole lot of area in order to summon it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, you know, because you don't want to... You don't want to half-ass your space (laughs) when summoning things. Because if it can't fit through or you can't fit through, then I imagine... I think it's... That was probably the other thing. And it's always for this venue that the headliner goes on late. But that's the latest I've left the concert. Yeah. Like it was well after midnight. Um, it definitely felt like a pumpkin. And then at that point. the security guard outside had just gotten pizza, which wrecked us because then we were like, we need pizza. So yeah. we had to Google what the closest place was. Like we found a pizza place five blocks away blocks that away, was open yeah. until one, which had good pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. But it's funny. Um, when, when, when Ogre was up there, I guess about halfway through the show, I realized, you know, why sing with one microphone when you can sing with two? I was going through my photos today and I noticed that he had two microphones the whole time. Yeah. I don't know what... Uh, besides using one. them as, as horns? No, he had one. There was the one that had his normal voice and then there was the one that made him sound like a tracheotomy patient. And he was holding them together though sometimes. Yeah, so so you could hear like himself both. and the tracheotomy patient That's impressive. at the same time. That's impressive. I it, can was, just, it was a good idea. I thought it was really interesting. I think he I should have sang happened. into one in front of his mouth and held the other one to his Adam's apple. That may have been happening. I mean, I don't know. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. like I didn't see, you know, because of the big pillars you in know, underground. But I was concerned, and I, I, we will be publishing a uh, concert review on this, either on on the My Music, My Concerts, My Life blog or the I-99 uh, radio website. One or the other hasn't been decided yet, but I I was concerned about this one because I didn't know what to expect and I didn't know what I was going to write about. And I was happy. What did, actually, what did, I know I was smiling at the end of the show. Your, your quote was, my 18-year-old self is jubilant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I just, I would have eaten that stuff <laughs> up. I would have just been like, I had watched, there was some video of one of, I think it was Depeche Mode's Violator tour, and Martin Gore went up to the edge of the stage mm. with his guitar and played one chord, <laughs> and the audience went nuts. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, Okay, he literally did nothing. Yeah. And people are going bananas. Fifteen thousand people are there. screaming. I was at that show and I was screaming. <laughs> and I you know, and you look back at it and you're like, Yeah, this is ridiculous, but I would have loved this shit. And that's what it would have been like, Yeah, this, it's so deep and like This crowd was still digging it though, and that's yeah. what I loved and I and that's why I think I followed up by saying my 18-year-old self would be in the pit. Yeah. And then you were saying that your 18 self would have taken the lyrics as gospel. Oh, my God. <laughs> seriously. I would have been, like, I would have been writing that shit on folders and book covers and clothing and... It's brilliant. But, the, you know, <laughs> it really is... I don't know why. You know, but since seeing it... It's not it, that brilliant, but it's, it's this really But it's consistently good. But it's the psychology of yeah. the concert 
Like yeah. you gotta buy into it. You do. And when you get when you sell it and the crowd buys it and they were buying the 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 weird finger gestures that they were doing and you know like oh yeah he was doing the, <laughs> the, pinky, the dance. pinky thing you know waving <laughs> by to everyone with his, his pinky. pinky and I'm like what's yeah. going on buddy yeah <laughs> you know but it... but everything you do on that stage when you're in that space and you're that rock star and and everything you do is okay. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Everyone loved it, and that's what I loved about it. And it's since we've seen the concert, I've been listening to the new album, Hell Yeah. And they probably played like four or five songs from that album. Mm-hmm. Really good. Like, all things yeah. considered, it's it's impressive. Um, I mean, because I don't know if you've listened to any new ministry. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not as good. I don't know. It's hard. There's a little more. It was ever good, but again, it was that weird, witchy, angry. With sympathy was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it was. It was just very. Um, it was. It was a, a lifestyle. Almost. It, it, it was. wasn't just the the music, and you know when you're so fed up with all of the saccharin and and you know. I don't. I don't even know. But like the everyday mundane crap, and then you have this weird, wicked little underground mm. thing happening. I have to tell you though, Ministry. I think my favorite album by them is "A Mind Is a Terrible Thing to Taste." That had "Burning Inside" and "Thieves," and that wasn't. As, I mean, it's still vicious, but it wasn't as brutal as yeah. "Stigmata" right. or "Jesus Built My Hot Rod." Like it was actually like. There was some melody there yeah. at one time, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that album like, was a good mix of industrial dance without right. getting too weird. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like Gibby Haynes' drug-induced babbling. You right. know, it was actually melodic to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. So I think, you know, KMFDM is very melodic. I can't remember the, the woman's, I think it's Lucia. Uh, yeah. I mean, she actually is a, a good singer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just screaming. When she's not making that horrible sound that comes out of her mouth. That sounds like a Japanese game show. Yeah, I did not like that. <laughs> it was like, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> it just makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're actually, we're, we're, we're wrapping it up. I thought Dawn introduced us to the game's strongest link, weakest link. I thought we could play one or two. Yeah, I was going to make a comment on that. It was funny when she said um, you did the Smiths. Yes. And you know she had her comments about Marcy and and his uh, cantankerousness and whatnot. But it was funny to me that she picked Johnny Marr, and I think you know you had said you know Marcy being the the strongest link. Yeah. And you know I I was listening to one of his earlier albums. And I don't remember whichever one had Sister I'm a Poet on it. Okay. Sister, I'm a poet. Could have been a fucking Smith song. You know what I mean? Like, and and it was it was that jangly Johnny Marr sound. Yeah, and and that's why I feel Morrissey was the strongest link because obviously, the, the lyrics yeah. and his delivery. And that's sad. Like, and that's now what I mean. Johnny Johnny Marr created some memorable riffs without a doubt, but Brilliant. Bone yeah. a Drag and. Uh, Viva Hate could have been Smith's albums. And that's my whole point, is without Johnny Marr, he was able to continue that band sound. And I don't think right. Johnny Marr can't recreate it without Morrissey. No, no. So, and I think, though, I think that the purpose of Weakest Link, Strongest Link is not like, okay, everyone else in the band is out. 
it's just who is, I mean, one person in the band is out. It's Your difficult. weakest link is the one that, you know, is technically replaceable. But, you know, just because Morrissey is the stronger link doesn't mean that Johnny Marr isn't equally important. No, and no, you you're know? just, if you had to pick one, that's right. all it is. Right, yeah. All right, so we'll do, you know, we'll go back a little bit because with Dawn, we started with newer bands. Well, not not new bands, but more recent bands. But, And I've had some of these conversations with other people, but The Beatles. Strongest link, weakest link. Well, I say Paul is the strongest link, and I say that George Harrison's the weakest link. I'm going to say, and then we'll argue this, that Ringo Starr is the strongest link, and George Harrison is the weakest link. Yeah, I think everyone kind of... George Harrison just feels like the Andy Fletcher... No, but he contributed, and he got better as as the band went on and became a good songwriter in his own. But yeah. yes, Paul and John wrote all the music and were the voice. But they weren't really the Beatles until Ringo joined. And his contribution is unmistakable. Mm-hmm. To the sound, and I think you just put an average drummer in that band, and it detracts from who they are. But you know, John had a good solo career. Paul had a good solo career. But would they have been the Beatles without Ringo? That's my argument. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And it's funny because that's an interesting space because I think so often you feel like the drummer is the throwaway you know what yeah I mean? because I, you do have a lot of quality drummers out there you do ha- there aren't many bands that whose sound is based around the drums yes you know what i mean i think you got like the congos where the singer is the drummer <laughs> yeah and they do some amazing stuff they with do. with percussion in that band but you know, I think that a lot of times you do end up sort of overlooking the drummer, so it's interesting that you have that perspective. But I just, I love Paul's voice, and I love Ringo's voice. I love a lot of his songs. I love Octopus's Garden. Like, Ringo makes it fun. He does make it fun. And I love Don't Pass Me By. That's one of my favorite Beatles songs. And I think he sings that one. I'm not sure. It's adorable. I That song, to me, is written from the perspective of a dog. <clears throat> Listen to it. And right. see if you don't agree. All right. That will be our next podcast. That will be our our yes. intro. I will listen to that, and I'll let you know if it's written from the perspective. But I doubt I'll agree with you. I don't see how you could. <laughs> All right. Depeche Mode. I know, we both know who the weakest link is. It's Andrew Fletcher. You don't even have to say it. No. Because no. if, if you know Depeche Mode, if you've ever seen them in concert, he just stands there. I don't know what well, he does he, just, he hits they, a button every now and then. i swear they unplug his microphone <laughs> and <laughs> whatever it is that's in front of him it's just a a light board yeah and he gets to press stuff on it <laughs> he has a simon he has a simon in front of him and he gets to hit repeat <laughs> the buttons <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does on stage he has even a simon now. yes even now yes yes and he still doesn't have the record after all these years. No. All right, so no. strongest link. I would have to go with Martin Gore, who can have an entire stadium 
go ape shit playing one chord? <laughs> I, you know, I would say Martin. Mainly because he Lyrics. breaks all the music. Right. I mean, he... Now, David, you know, gets some songs on the album, but... I mean, it's been all Martin. You could say Alan Wilder because their music changed once he left. I mean, he yeah. was the true musician. Like, Martin... After Vincent Clark left. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I think, you know, the first album is so different. That's all Vince. I mean, it's, I think... Yeah. It's Erasure, but with David Gahan it is. singing. It is. And and Dave Gahan, I, I like his solo stuff, but it's not Depeche Mode stuff. And I do like Martin's solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... His first EP, the Counterfeit EP, I thought was brilliant. But, and he does sing some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I think, you know, even though Dave's the voice, you could, we, we just talked about this. Too. How many, how many Depeche Mode ripoff bands are there? Oh we, God, I made you listen so to many. Red Flag, which I like. I, I, I still stand behind that they that's were like, the, they were like Diet Depeche Mode. Yeah, yeah. they're the, that's the best Depeche Mode album that Depeche Mode didn't put out. There was Celebrate the Nun, which wasn't as good. Camouflage, to mm-hmm. me, was a, a Depeche Mode um, cover band, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's... I think you could have recreated Dave's lyrics, but without Martin writing, you wouldn't have gotten Sometimes and uh, yeah, a Question of, of Lust and, right, right. and things like that. It there's, just a lot of, there's a lot of bands that, you know their singers sound like Dave Gahan. But yeah. you don't have you don't have the combination, I think. I agree. With the two of them. Alright, next band. Red Hot Chili Peppers. <sighs> you know what? The band lineup has changed. Let's go current lineup. I couldn't even tell you. Alright, well it's it's Anthony. It's Flea. Yeah. It's it's um I Chad mean, Smith and you, you and Josh. know you know a Red Hot Chili Peppers song before they even start singing just yeah. from the bass line. Flea. The second the Red Hot Chili Peppers song comes on, you're like, oh, this is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Flea is the strongest link, without a doubt. Who is the weakest link? I don't know. You have to pick someone. You. I don't know is not an acceptable answer. Yeah, actually, I don't know is one of the backup singers. <laughs> Come on. So replaceable. <laughs> but you didn't even know he was there. <laughs> All right, come on. Uh, well, I don't think you can... I, I don't think you can replace the singer. Because, again, to, you a know, lot of the branding of the band, a lot of the sound comes from your lead. Now, voice. I've had conversation with people where they think that he's replaceable. Now... I don't know if you've ever heard it on the Howard Stern Private Parts soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Red Hot Chili Peppers were Dave Navarro, Flea, Chad Smith, they did a song with LL Cool J <laughs> called, I think it's called I'm My Own Man, I Make My Own Rules. Mm-hmm. Fucking unbelievable. It's great. And there's no Anthony. Like, I would have bought a whole album of that. But it's not Red Hot Chili Peppers. Peppers. It doesn't exactly. because they're not singing. He didn't reference California. <laughs> Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> and he actually rapped. But, yeah. you know, to me, and Chad, once Chad joined the band, that's when the band really gained momentum. I mean, that was Mother's Milk that he joined, and he's been a part of them ever since. I, I'd say you'd have to say right now Josh is the weakest link. But if you go back to when it was Hillel, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. or um, um, why can't I think of his name? The last guitarist. I can see his face, and I can't. Yeah, but there's been so many people in that band. I just don't know. I, I would have to say Josh is the weakest link, only because he's he's relatively new. They've already had their success. You can argue that their current current material isn't as strong as previous material. Well, and also I think yeah, when you're when you're when your job is to recreate stuff that's already been created. Yeah. You know, and they've been around for so long. How many more spaces can they develop? You know what I mean? Like like it it, it it's. I'm interested to see how they'll challenge themselves in the future. Well, they're putting out another album, but I have a feeling after that there may not. I mean, they're yeah. getting older, too. It's got to be true. tough. But I don't know if you know the story. Their last album, I think Flea broke his arm. They had an album's worth of material written. Mm -hmm. Flea broke his arm. By the time he could play, I think they were going to do it with Rick Rubin, who's their standby producer. He wasn't available, so they did it with Danger Mouse. And when they got in the studio, he goes, let's just write new music. So they wrote that whole album in the studio with Danger Mouse, so they still have all the material. Oh, wow. So I think they're going back and recording that. I'm not oh. positive, but I think. So that would that be should, interesting. Yeah. So, and I really thought that this album had a different feel, and it's the first time they've worked with another producer since 89. But it still fits with all it does. Of the other stuff oh, yeah. that they have. You know? Because and it's the Chili Peppers. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, all right, do you have any you want to ask me? Um... I'm putting you Did on the spot. Did we talk about the Ramones? No, but I would love to talk about the Ramones. Another, another one of those bands with the rotating lineup, and there's been so many damn people in that band. All right, so I have I have my theory. If I can go first on this one, since you, so this one's really difficult to me because if you go original lineup, mm -hmm. Tommy created that drum sound. Mm -hmm. Johnny's. The buzzsaw guitar mm -hmm. Joey is obviously the voice and you can't recreate that mm -hmm. or or just even his aura like oh, you're not you're not yeah, recreating that that attitude or stage presence and Dee Dee wrote most of the music you know and counted it off you know and it's even when Dee Dee decided he was going to be a rap star and started mm -hmm. wearing like Adidas tracksuits. <laughs> he was still writing their music. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Dee Dee was irreplaceable. It makes it very difficult because they're all a big part. But I'd have to say Tommy's the weakest link because Marky came in and filled that gap. Yeah. I I'm going to say Dee Dee's the strongest link because without him, you don't have most of that music. With a different writer, it could have completely changed. Now I know Joey wrote some of it too. Yeah, but. I'm going. With, I'm going cliche and going with Joey as the strongest link because it just isn't the Ramones without Joey. It just isn't. You're right. It's you not. Know, like you can't. You can't. Like there's so much attitude, and you you can't even describe what it is. It's just it's the Ramones. You either you either know. I mean, you know it. It's you, not. It's not even a. You, you either know it or you don't. You know it. You, you it, know it. This is in your DNA now as a human being. Everyone knows something about if, the Ramones. If you have never read it, there is a book written by their longtime tour manager Monty Melnick called "On the Road with the Ramones." Yeah. Did they travel in a van together and they hated each other? And yeah. You've never did I tell told you this story? Uh, uh, 
I hate you. <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> Damn it. I just, have, I just have to remember the title of the book. <laughs> All right, you own two of my stories now. I have eight left. I have eight left. <laughs> you own the underground arts. I just bought the rights to the And, and you bought stories. the rights to the Ramones. The, the On the roads with the Ramones. I have eight stories left. Uh, these <laughs> these ensuing podcasts are going to be boring. Yeah. I yeah. got, I got nothing left. <laughs> All right. That's it. We're wrapping it up. <laughs> All right. So uh, for more content, you can visit us on the web at www.mymusicmyconcertsmylife.com. We're on Twitter. And you can contact us at Music Concerts Me, Facebook at Music Concerts Me, and Instagram at My Music, My Concerts, My Life. If there's any topics you would like us to cover, or if you have any questions, you can send them to us at info at mymusicmyconcertsmylife.com, or you can tweet or message us. Uh, don't forget to give us reviews, uh, the podcast. We appreciate the feedback. Reviews uh, would mean a lot to us if you could do that. Um, if you have negative feedback on Janet, you can you can share it with I us. I can take it. I can take it. <laughs> I don't even care. So, so um, actually, I we have a couple other podcasts planned, but Janet's going to join as the co-host. You're okay. not going to be a guest. You're going to be a co-host. Well, by then I'll own all your stories. So you will, and then I will just be, be the. I'll be. I'll be the guest. <laughs> You're just going to be the host eventually. You'll be the weakest link. <laughs> Oh, you're right. Uh, how sad when you're the weakest link in your own life. It's so life. funny how like it starts off funny and then it the reality just hits. Kind of like when Dawn <laughs> said she told her dad I was gay. And I was just like, that's funny. Oh, oh you believed it. <laughs> that's just like, oh, I'm the weakest link. Huh? Oh, I, I really am. Yeah, I had to oh. tell my dad you were gay so I could hang out with you. And since obviously she was allowed to hang out with you. He believed it. Oh, that's my life. There it is. That's my life. Um, <laughs> uh, you please, uh, I, as I mentioned before, listen to uh, I-99 Radio online. It's www.i99radio.com for a great mix of alternative music that right now is commercial free. Uh, and it's 24-7. And hopefully uh, my first uh, feature will be up shortly. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, Janet, thank you very much for, for joining and Always being a, a part. And uh, thank you for stealing two of my stories. <laughs> and, uh, and everyone else, thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you when the needle drops. And there's a real weird, awkward pause because my, my fade-out music didn't come in. So let's, let's, try, <laughs> let's, let's, let's try this again. Oh, and thank you. You know why? Because oh, I forgot so to funny. say... <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason for that because I forgot to say awkward I forgot to say thank you to Michael again and Zombies on Vacation uh, for allowing us to use this music and for, you can't use it unless you say thank you I have to say thank you because I was going to play it again I forgot to say thank you and pretty much that's it so, it basically blinked at you and said are you forgetting something I, I forgot so check out Zombies on Vacation on Spotify and iTunes and see it when the needle drops Let's let's try this again <laughs>